Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast. We've mixed up a little bit this week. We're just going to be going with the opposition view. I think we've had enough bad Reading FC news, but we did have some good. Have a listen to the ACV podcast, which you just released, and that is very positive about the stadium. But I've been joined by Steve from the Orient Outlook to talk about our way match at Leighton Orient this Saturday. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, yeah, thanks for having us, uh, Paul, on uh, your fantastic show. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, had better like forty-eight hours. It's been a it's been a really tough uh, day, a few days now um, at the football club. Obviously, with the very sad news about Derek Reynolds passing uh, late. Um, at the um, Lincoln game, so yeah, very a very sad, uh, very dark day, few days at, uh, at the football club, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean the events of how it actually happened, and how the referee didn't stop the match. It sounds quite incredible. I, I don't know what was going on there. It was um, obviously being in the stands and not on the pitch. Obviously, you get a different vibe from it. But yeah, I, mean, I, I imagine I'll be like a thorough like investigation into it and obviously the referee wasn't doing anything on purpose i think it was it's come out that he was just following the rules of the efl which obviously need a massive overhaul and a massive look at but to be one of the spectators when that was going on even from our viewpoint which was pretty much across the ground it was very strange but you could tell something unfortunately was going on in the east end that that wasn't wasn't right and you could tell by the stewards all kind of being over there that something had happened that was major but obviously hadn't filtered out to the officials of the match who, who kept playing for a while after. Um, and then once they got Derek down and tried to resuscitate him or give him CPR for a little while, the game did continue, which is when kind of the outrage and, and I guess the shock of everyone was um, really visible, which ended up in obviously the game being stopped and the blaze taken off so they could treat Derek on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's absolutely a terrible event. And obviously, I'm sure Redden fans will join in any tribute that will happen on Saturday. There doesn't seem to be any clear details on that. It's obviously, I understand that it's still very raw and very recent. Hopefully, there'll be something put out by the club by today or tomorrow, and then all sets of fans will be able to join in with that one. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, the club normally get these things spot on. Obviously, it's still very raw. The game's only on Tuesday evening, and it's unusual to have a Tuesday night followed by Saturday night home fixture or Saturday day home fixture but um yeah I mean 
the O's and Reading haven't played each other much in um, the last few years, I think it's fair to say. But the relationship between the clubs seems good. There's no like rivalry. Obviously, we're aware of your situation with your owners. We've obviously had that. And I think without Tuesday night's events, it would have been all about being supportive of Reading's singing and Reading's activities off the pitch because obviously we're aware of the process and the tennis balls that you've been doing and I've obviously been there. So we would have supported you within that. So I think it's going to be um, a group of two fans coming together on Saturday to pay tribute um, to Derek and obviously to support you guys in getting your own out, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, obviously we send our condolences to the family of Derek Reynolds. It's an absolutely awful situation. But there is a game on Saturday. It feels really rough talking about that. Just segueing that. It just feels really horrible. But we have to move forward, don't we? Oh, dear. Well, I can tell you, our waveform is absolutely abysmal, Steve. And since 2015, we have won 18 away games. Wow. I mean, that... <laughs> that is such that. I mean, I don't know whether that, that gives you hope or spreads fear through your body. Because I know if I was you, I'd be thinking that has to end at some point, as in, like, that has to improve. <laughs> and it would be so typical. It'd be the team that I'm supporting that it happens for. Well, I think we were on the podcast last week saying Fleetwood Town hadn't won uh, a League One game all season. Obviously, we went there on Saturday and lost 1-0. And it was their first League One victory in 161 days. Obviously, that's over the pre-season, but obviously, that's still a stat in itself. So, I mean, stats are, stats are only numbers, right? At the end of the day, it's 11 against 11. Yeah, when you look at the form table, we've improved, I think, from our first five games to our last five games. We've visibly improved. We've played it a bit uglier, gone a bit more direct, which wasn't the start at the beginning of the season. Um, and we've seen that over the last two home games. Lincoln, for the most part, and obviously, that result still hasn't been confirmed, and no one really knows what's happening with that game but in terms of that game and the Shrewsbury game which we won 1-0 as well off the back of that two better home performances two I guess uglier to say instant home performances a bit more league one ready performances so I think we're starting to turn a corner we had a lot of injuries at the beginning of the season that those players have now come back and apart from I think Dan Adji who we had high hopes for who's still sidelined most of the starting 11 are available to us um so yeah I guess looking at Reading's current form and our current form, and I wouldn't normally say it, if you look at it as an Orient fan and go, yeah, it's a game we should win. But look, all Orient fans who are watching this will know better than for any Orient fans going to say, yeah, we're definitely going to win because that's late in Orient for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. I mean, obviously last season you were in League Two, you won the league, you got promoted with your manager, Richie Wellens. You, you must be very happy with him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done an incredible job in just over a year and a half. I mean, it feels like a lot longer since he's been here. He came uh, with the club almost in a relegation dogfight out of League Two uh, and in comfortably got us throughout that season and then built really well in the following pre-season. And, I mean, last season, it wasn't really kind of dramatic. We were top, I think, from like the third game in. And we pretty much stayed there or thereabouts, apart from a slight wobble in January. So he's really done well. And for him, it's all about the players... And the basics so when you're listening to him he kind of really breaks football down to a very simple game as long as your players are better than the other team and as long as you're doing the basics right you should ultimately get something from the game but in terms of what he's done in, in the past 18 months he's transformed the careers of certain players like paul smith who had a terrible first season i think it's fair to say for Orient was absolute sensational last season and he's now at qpr so he's got him literally from league two to the championship 
He's got what plays forward, like a lot of good youth players like Dan Happy. He's got back on the scene, Jaden Sweeney. He's brought in some really strong loan players like Idris El Mazzouni, who's been fantastic for us. So we had him last season. He's back with us this season and he's done some red turns from Brighton as well in defence. So he's completely changed the outlook of the club to one that was, I guess, looking over its shoulders. Now, one that's looking forward. And I think it's fair to say, League One, we've looked comfortable for the most part, I think, apart from the Portsmouth 4-0 game. And even at that, we looked all right for a good half of it. Apart from that, we haven't really been outclassed by any other team. I mean, we lost at home to Stevenage, but they had a very good game plan and just got the better of us uh, very early on. But apart from those two games, really, considering we've played 10 now, we haven't really been out outclassed in any any of the others. I think we're now 17th, but that's probably where most of fans would have us at the moment. And you look at the table and go, we don't look as bad as Cheltenham. We probably should have beat Fleetwood. You look below us and go, there's probably going to be four worst teams in Lake Orient in League One this season. Obviously, you've had a points deduction, so have Wigan. Um, so I think most Orient fans at the moment would be fairly happy with Richie Wellens and, and, the, and the position where we are in the League One table. Yeah, I mean, totally. Um, if you look at the last few years, the last 10 years of Lake Orient, you've obviously had big financial issues, just like us, ownership yep. issues. I won't mention the name of a previous Italian man that you had there for a period of time. <laughs> yeah, talk us through like the last few years, 10 years of like the ownership issues and how that was, because we can definitely relate with it at Reading. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a complete roller coaster. So obviously our previous ownership brought the club <clears throat> just after we were defeated in the League One playoff final at the end of the 2013-2014 season. And from there, it only looked like we were going to go upwards. Obviously, came with a massive reputation and lots of money made some high-profile signings and everyone thought we were going to kind of build from there. And I think it's fair to say it went disastrously wrong. I think it's been well-documented. Two relegations in three seasons. Seems like very similar kind of to your ownership where he had big plans and got bored or demotivated or realised he wasn't loved or anything like that. And then once kind of the reality of that set in, he just thought, well, this isn't for me. But when you own a football club, you can't really do that. So you need to stop playing paying wages, became very introverted and we were we were we were on the brink, I think it's fair to say. You know, we just got really get to the National League. And it was looking like it was a Orient might not be much longer for this world, which is crazy is what that sounds. That was almost the reality of it. We had players come on the podcast who just left the club who said crazy things about kind of him being involved with team selection and too involved at the training ground to, you know, the Fans trust setting up regeneration funds and I think raising an awful amount of money just in case the day was ever going to come where, where the lights had to be turned off. But thankfully, you know, we got through that board now with Nigel Travis and Kent Teague have been amazing owners for the last couple of years and they've overseen two promotions. So we feel like we're back where we belong. But yeah, we've we've kind of been there, bought the T-shirt. I mean, what, two relegations, two promotions, obviously just in passing, which was an absolute... Um, horrific time just after being getting promotion from the national league um yeah it's been a roller coaster late on over the last over the last 10 years it's been a crazy a crazy time but now you're in a good place which gives us kind of hope as Reading fans because yeah. you know it's <clears throat> it's all about clubs coming back from these terrible situations obviously none of us want to be there but it is possible isn't it because we're looking at it right now and it doesn't seem to be a way out at all it feels so bleak but Let's talk about Leighton Orient because that's a good story. That's one that's uh, moving forwards. It's been a long time since we've played each other. I was looking back at some YouTube videos and Ricky Otto 
was playing for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember right. playing like Reading around like the mid nineties, late nineties, around the top of it would have been Division Two then, I guess. But I always remember mm. Jimmy Quinn against us. I'm thinking Jimmy Quinn's always going to score against us. I always remember the game televised on Sky Sports um, again, yeah. mid nineties, and it was a top of the table clash, and we was all excited. I must have been about fifteen, fourteen. And I remember Reading winning that game four 0 completely dejected. And Jimmy Quinn scored a really early goal. I do remember that. That was obviously before the Majeski. Um, so yeah, like it's it's been a it's it's been a while since um the two clubs. Mm. Have obviously, we were as low as the national league. We've seen in the championship last season. So it, it's uh, it's been a while. It has been. It's been quite a long time. So who are the players that mainly we should be looking out for as Reading fans on Saturday? Because if you're going to have any attacks against us, it's probably going to go well. I would advise getting it right in the mixer, as Neil Warnock would say. <laughs> this is where we struggle. <laughs> and as you said earlier, if you're going to go more direct, we're going to find that tough. But you tell us, you, you're the man to know. I mean, as I say, we've kind of transitioned from playing the passing on the floor to a bit more long, a bit more direct, getting into people's faces a bit more. Normally, you'll see a 4 3 3 from Orient, although Richie has gone for three at the back and two wing backs um, over the last couple of games. But I'd expect, based on it, what you've said, I expect Theo Archibald, who's been great for us, who plays kind of on the left left wing to get be getting forward, driving at the opposition. And then we signed Jordan Graham from Birmingham in the summer. Uh, and he's been sensational uh, for us on the right-hand side. His crossing ability is second to none. So I expect those two to have a big game. Joe Piggott is our big number nine, uh, who isn't a traditional Orient forward in terms of underwellings, when his likes his forwards to press really high, to press quick. Piggott's more of a hold-it-up guy, a bigger guy to get his head on the box. So he scored on Tuesday, but like I said, whether or that, that will be allowed or not, I'm not too sure. So that'll be good for his confidence. So decent forward line. And in midfield, I think I said earlier, I've got Idris Elmazuni back from Ipswich, uh, who's on loan. He was sensational last season for us in League Two. Started really well in League One, I think it's fair to say. So I expect to see him. And in at the back, we got uh, Ed Turns on loan from Brighton, Brandon Cooper on loan from Swansea, alongside Dan Happy as the three centre-backs. They played really well together uh, on Tuesday night. It was the first time we've seen them all play together as a collective at the back, and they did look very strong. So that's something that was quite exciting, I think, for Orient fans. And we also saw Max Sanders on Tuesday night. So Max signed in the summer from Lincoln. He's been injured and not really made much of an impact, and he started on Tuesday, I think, for the first time in the season. And again, he was sensational. So a few surprises there. And there's a few players who we expected to start the season off a bit better than what they have and who haven't. So George Moncur, again, who was great for us last season, good player, championship experience. He's kind of dropped to the bench now. And I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see him start, but he could have a bit of an impact off the bench if needed. So we've got some good threats. We seem to be acclimatising better to League One now. And it sounds like we could cause Reading some, some problems on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably as a team has come promoted, I think your position is pretty uh, decent, to be quite honest. I was thinking of old players that have played for both clubs and Joby McEnough is a name that came to uh, mind straight away. He had a tricky period at first, but then came back. And would you say he's a very popular player at Leighton or in? Yeah, I, I'd say he's uh, in the last 10 years, probably one of the most popular players we've had. So like, like you said, mm-hmm. came first time under the previous ownership and had had a bit of a toy time, I think it's fair to say, but came back for a second spell under Justin and, and well, you know, they had such a great connection, him, him and Justin. I think Joby was very um, 
out there in very public when Justin passed out, what a great manager, what an impact Justin had had. And I think Justin, looking back, I think he was either club captain or, or team captain or one of the captains we had that season. But Joby was amazing in that season. When you think he was, you know, pushing late 30s, he was a lot of the time, you know, without exaggeration, he was the best player on, on the pitch. You know, some very, really iconic photos of Joby being lifted aloft on that day where we won the National League. So, yeah, it's fair to say Joby McEnough has gone down as an absolute like Orient hero with his part in that season and will always be kind of well received back at the club. Although, you know, he's doing so much media work now, I don't think we've seen him as much as what, what you expected. But it's great to see how well he's done kind of post his career in, in terms of what he's done in the media. But yeah, if you're ever lucky enough to, I guess, be behind the scenes at Orient and there's loads of Orient photos, Joby features heavily in all the kind of behind the scenes stuff, as you quite rightly should do for, for his part in a, an amazing, an amazing National League campaign. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute legend at Reading. Obviously, he was the uh, captain when we got promoted to the Premier League. And just the way he is as a person, he comes across like that on TV as well. And hes I think he's brilliant on TV. I, I'm biased. You probably are as well. But I think he's really good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, he does. You know, he's on ITV, Sky Sports. Beach, like, he's across all the platforms, which shows, shows you how, kind of, how popular and how well-respected his opinion is. So, yeah, fair play to him. Long may it continue. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, what was it called at the Joby McEnough Derby? <laughs> it's just it's enough. <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, it could be. It could be. It's quality. So, what is your prediction then for Saturday? Well, I know I might go against type here. So, whenever we do opposition shows, I, I never say I'm going to win. I always try and play <laughs> on the fence and say a one-all. <laughs> you, you might swayed me here, Paul. You may have swayed me. <laughs> it's all my fault. It's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's going to be a difficult game though because I do think Reading do have threats. On the pitch, and I think I think Reading will cause us problems. So I was going to say one all. Do you know what? I'm going to stick with one all because I'm not going to break tradition. I'm going to stick with one all, but inside secretly hope it's not a victory. But you know, whatever happens, I think whatever Reading fans have planned in terms of any songs about getting their owner out or anything about the EFL, I think all three corners of the ground will gladly join in to any Reading chance that they need about having their owners out because we've been there. And we will 100% support any anything that Reading have to do uh, on Saturday or sing about on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, much appreciated because uh, we need all support we can get at the moment. And the EFL is a mess, whatever anyone thinks of it. The situation has just screwed so many clubs over. And we won't be the last. There'll be more after us as it stands at the moment. So I'm going to... Oh, dear. I just blindly optimistically, I've reached the point, Steve, that I always predict an away win because at some point it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't really believe it. <laughs> so I'm going to go 2-1 anyway. I think probably that won't be the case, but we will see. Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with a post-match podcast on Sunday. So if you've appreciated the work that we put in for this, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Cheers. <laughs>